The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Running the Break with Alex and CJ. Alex, before we get started here, I do want to preface and say we are recording this on the on the on the morning of game six. So some of this conversation might be outdated, but it doesn't matter. We don't talk about who's gonna win or whatever. We're not here for the predictions. So just wanted to say that up front. No, our, our detailed breakdown of Jason Tatum's <laughs> patchwork blazer is actually timeless. So you know yeah. by the time you hear this the finals will have been over. Uh either congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for taking down my Toronto Raptors rival, the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I guess congratulations to the Boston Celtics. And for safety, um, we'll just say, wow, I can't believe Andrew Wiggins dropped 70 points and won finals MVP. Congrats, Andrew. I can't believe it. I can't believe Jordan Poole hit 14 threes in the fourth quarter. Can, can you believe that? That was ridiculous. I cannot. But, you know, good luck to him and Rihanna on their happy marriage. Um <laughs> Yeah, how do we how do we wrap this part up? Um I think we're good. <laughs> Alex, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. We got a special guest today, right? We do got a special guest. He's one of my uh, very, very close friends and collaborators. You guys may have seen him on Sherman's Showcase as a, I think, a writer and a performer. Uh, and then also you may have seen to stand up on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And then my favorite credit of all, Sneak This on BR Kicks, which we worked on together. A, the only, the only sneaker sketch comedy show. Everyone, please welcome Rob Hayes. Yeah. 
Give it up. Well, Rob, you got to give it's it audio up. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, We're Rob, Rob, it up, man. Rob, Rob's more of a visual yeah, person. You no, know? I, I, I thought they could hear my fingers moving rapidly. <laughs> hey, I, re- I really enjoyed uh, Seek This, which you guys worked on. Did you guys get any backlash from any of the sneaker brands because of the jokes? Did you hear from anybody? Not enough to boost our uh, <laughs> views. <laughs> <laughs> it, hey, the, the views, views were, were there, there though, but, but not, it wasn't not like a, viral, a huge yeah. controversy. Like these guys are banned from Nike, you know. But everyone knew it was all in good fun. Yeah, I, I think when you're new in a space like sneakers, then the fan base first reaction is to reject, and then it took a while for people to be like, "All right, these guys have been participating." in sneakers for a while. They just haven't been doing this for a long time. So I think we won a lot of people over with our originality, with, you know, the quality of our sketches and, and the fact that we we know our stuff. Yeah. Well, that's actually a really good starting point because we're going to get into a little bit of like the current NBA and, and more specifically like finals fashion. But Rob, your interests outside of comedy, what you do for a living include NBA, basketball mm-hmm. in general, uh, hip hop and in sneakers and fashion. So, the little chicken or the egg thing. Like, where, where did it start? Did it start with sneakers or basketball, or was it like basketball was the first thing, and then it all sort of just trickled down? I feel like it was always there at once. I think music probably happened first, just because you know, there's. A, I don't know. I, I watched <laughs> an old video of myself like with a little play school hoop before I could talk or anything. So I think it all it all hit me at once. Like my my parents were big into music. There was always music playing. There was always hip hop playing. And basketball was huge in my household. My dad was a hooper. And, you know, my earliest memories are kind of basketball related. So it's it's all there. You know, like I for a brief period I lived in Orlando and that was like during the Shaq years mm-hmm. and Shaq also rapped. So I would be watching Rap City or watching, you know, Yo! MTV Raps, waiting on a Shaq video, not even realizing, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm experiencing so many other things. But I'm like, where is Shaq? You know, so. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Shaq. Like, I love those Shaq and Penny magic teams growing up. And then like mm-hmm. you mentioned, like Shaq was I try to explain to, to to kids who are younger that like Shaq was just the coolest dude back in the day. Because what's it like for you, Rob, now looking at him? Because he he does all these commercials now. I see him shilling for like a printer ink jets and everything now. This is like a this is like a next era of Shaq now. In Orlando at that time, like that that was already Shaq. Shaq was already everywhere. <laughs> you know, like there was there was Shaq action figures at the grocery store. You know, the Shaq attack. I want to be like that. Like. There was all kind, all kind of stuff. I mean, we had a Nick Anderson cardboard cutout, little penny stuff. Just <laughs> you know, I mean that that to be that to be my intro to basketball. I just thought that's what basketball was like in every town. Well, and that's crazy. So I grew up in in Iowa in the Midwest. So we had WGN. So in in the nineties with Bulls, the Bulls. Like we, we talk about it was Beatles mania. And so I didn't know what the NBA was outside of that. And so, and then Rob, you were in Orlando, which I think was maybe even like with the rise of the bulls. And in that time, Orlando was that new team with really cool jerseys, Shaq and Penny. That was exciting. But like Alex, 
you being a basketball fan even during that time, what did that look like out from the outside? Yeah, you know, like like growing up in Toronto. Well, I've always told you this, CJ. Like every Asian in the '90s was a Bulls fan. Like like just yeah. worldwide. Like the Bulls were just like a <laughs> phenomenon, right? Like like they were the Beatles. Um, everybody wanted Jordan sneakers, and that was the team. Uh, you know, Toronto getting an expansion team w- was exciting, but like. You know, I, I look at it now, like we're talking about fashion and stuff, like the throwback Raptors jersey, the Dino purple jersey, seems like so well accepted and popular now. At the time, if you went to school and wore that, like you just got laughed at. Like it was just wasn't a serious team. It wasn't a serious logo. And it wasn't until like Vince came. It wasn't until Vince Carter came yeah. in 98, really put the Raptors on the map. I'm sure you guys remember watching like NBA on NBC on Sundays, like I still remember the first time the Raptors made it on NBC. Like that was the first like franchise moment. Like wow, like this team finally made it. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm. I was always like, oh, I can watch my team on TV, not knowing, you know. Some people were like, I never get to watch my my team play on a Sunday, which is so wild uh, it, in prime time. It was so easy to get Raptors tickets, like when they would come <laughs> to Atlanta, and Atlanta's still a lit place. Like Atlanta was still like a fun place to be. So Vince would put on a show. But it was amazing. Like you, you could literally the day before get tickets and then just see some of the most insane dunks you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, I think that's a good part about some of these fan bases too. Like in Atlanta, maybe it wasn't so intense at the time. It's such a good opportunity to watch like visiting teams. Like you're able to get tickets to see a lot of star players that you otherwise wouldn't. So my my senior year, my gift was uh, I got season tickets. So I had oh, tickets wow. to every game. Because uh, my dad asked me, he was like, what, what teams do you want to see this year? And I was like, I don't care. I'll, I'll see anybody. And then he took that to like, all right. <laughs> you're you're seeing see everybody. everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was like, senior year, that's kind of intense. You got a lot going on. You're trying to do SATs. <laughs> you're trying to apply to colleges. But then also, you got 41 games that you got to do. <laughs> You're gonna you, you can't yeah. hang out with your friends. You gotta go see Loy Vaught on yeah. the Clippers. <laughs> um, but I, I did see everybody and it was it was extremely cool because I, I think I might have missed like maybe one or two games and re- and really just got to see a whole NBA season and like okay, this kiss cam thing is fake. That's this, you know, <laughs> like but but I I got to see you know, Chris Paul and and Dwight's first year and, you know, like so many just dope players early on. And of course, Kobe and the D-Wade Shaq Heat a couple times, you know, with the, the, the team that ended up winning the championship with Gary Payton and Antoine Walker and Jason Alonzo Williams. Morning. Yeah. White I always no, honestly like we there were so many people we love on that team, but I mm-hmm. always forget they were on that team. Yeah. No, like GP, insane. yeah, GP has a championship. I always forget that. They were like Gary Payton, three finals. I was like, three finals. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, he he has been to three finals. Yep, yep. Um, well, let's take you before we again, before we get into like the specifics of what's going on right now, I would love to. So fan as a kid, Magic, then Lakers. But now you're all grown up. I mean, and you're working in sports and you're also a fan. Like we've worked on a bunch of stuff together. Tell us a little bit about how you're consuming the NBA from, you know, a consumer level, from a professional level. And like where, where you're even spending your money on right now, you know, to kind of like fuel your fandom. Um, I'm. 
you know, uh, the luxury of living in L.A. and, and being a, a Lakers fan ever since Shaq. You know, I, I moved with Shaq. We moved back to Atlanta. I was I assumed that uh, we were going to be the family that moves around. So I just went with Shaq as a Laker, been a Laker fan my whole life. And then, uh, well, 96 to now. So now I get to watch the Lakers like every game. So I've I've been doing that, especially in the bubble. Less stand-up comedy wasn't out as much. So this, I'd say in the past three years, I've watched the most basketball I've ever watched in my life. So I, I've been watching, and I've been watching the entire league through the lens of James Worthy, through the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> that man needs a seat. That man does not <laughs> sit down. I swear they they don't give him a seat. But um, through the eyes of the Lakers is how I've been watching the NBA. But then Ja been amazing and yeah but I, I get a chance to watch everybody watching watch your local team like if you have a team in your area watch the local station because then you get to know that team but then you also get to see every team in the league that's beautiful i mean yeah just watch all the basketball i, I was like i was mad at myself and part of my nostalgia for the 90s is that when jordan left and there was a couple of years where i wasn't the biggest lebron fan yet I like started watching old '90s stuff, and I was like, How? I missed so much. I mean, just through YouTube and stuff. And I like, I would like sit up late at night and be sad for Patrick Ewing. And I'm like, <laughs> I make fun of the Knicks a lot now, but I'm like you know, how close he had gotten and and like, you know, how even that, that at the time the the center position was sort of dying. And so it, it's just like there's so much more than just like the the four or five marquee guys in the league. That's true. Why do when the pandemic started, I watched like the 93 NBA playoffs just randomly. Like yeah. it was like a bunch of games. I was like, the Hawks played the Bulls in the first round, Dominique and Jordan. I'm gonna watch this. It was a sweep. Three games. They're out. <laughs> you know? Then, three games. But, <laughs> three games. Yep. <laughs> but then like like I watched uh the, those Knicks Bulls series and those games were crazy. And then it was yeah. like, all right, now I want to watch when Bull when the Bulls got beat. And I was like, let me watch some of those games in '88. And it was like, oh, they didn't have a chance. Like Doug Collins, if you're watching, I'm sorry, but <laughs> yo, what what were you doing? Yeah, it was tough. Well, Doug Collins is an avid listener running the break. Um, but let's get into more current NBA finals fashion. I just want to know, I mean, we've been talking about it a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been really fun stuff and just sort of like some trends we're seeing. So we'll go to break. We'll be right back with Rob Hayes. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, 
Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Running the Break with CJ and Alex. We're still joined by Rob Hayes. Rob, you know, you've watched the NBA. We talked about it in the intro segment, you know, from the 90s until now. You know, before we even dive into the finals fashion, uh, what's it been like just seeing the fashion trends evolve when it comes to NBA players? Because I'm sure you remember a lot of different eras. Yeah, no, I I think a lot of it comes from, I think you got to break it down pre-dress code, post-dress code. Because I don't, we don't really, ha- do we have a set date on when the dress code went away? Because I feel like the... The Clark Kent era, as someone called it on on uh, Twitter, where everyone was wearing fake glasses yeah. and KD had the book bag and Westbrook had the, you know, the fancy button ups and, you know, everyone wanted to look like a nerd. LeBron with cardigans and, and glasses with no lenses in them and stuff. I think that era was making fun of the dress code, mm-hmm. but might have been instrumental in the destruction of the dress code. And now we're in the post-dress code era. So there's a generation of players that didn't get to express themselves through their clothes. They just wore baggy suits. You know, they're huge. It's a baggy clothes era. They want to show people, I am of the hip-hop culture, but also I shop at Men's Warehouse. (laughs) And so then, (laughs) then, like... You know, I I shop at ca- the casual mail because I'm huge. But then they uh, <laughs> now we're in an era where you can wear whatever you want, and it's almost become a fashion show. Like I think it's too much. There's too much pressure because I don't think every player is a fashionista. Yeah. But I think players don't want to get clowned, so some players just wear whatever's hype. But I don't like that because now I don't know who is wearing stuff because they like it and who is wearing stuff because they just don't want to be, you know, clown. Okay, so here are the two. It's a perfect segue into a couple specific outfits here. Both players on the same team. You got, I think it was game one, Jason Tatum with the blazer. So thoughts on the blazer. And then just Al Horford in general. So 
tell us, break down this blazer that that Tatum sort of debuted uh, in his tunnel fit for game one. So this was like a patchwork panel just for people listening that might not have the visual. It was like asymmetric patterns, got some pinstripes, floral, leopard print, and a black and pink colorway <laughs> on it. And this was what Jason Tatum decided to wear for for his finals debut, which I'll point out, he, sh- he shot three <laughs> of 17, I believe, in the game. I like to match the fits with the stats, too. <laughs> That's cold. <laughs> Rob, first reactions upon seeing this fit. The entire run of the playoffs, Tatum is not, like, he's wearing just regular, you know, athletic mm-hmm. wear. And then game one out of nowhere, he's got this patchwork supervillain <laughs> blazer where he's got leopard, he's got pink, he's got stripes, he's got all this stuff going on. Just reminding you of Two Face, or you know, in the Joe Schumacher Batman, but even more extreme. It's like Two Face and Two Top, because it's it's divided four ways, quad face. Uh, so, is it a good fit or not? Is is because the thing is, I, I feel like some of these fits can be if they're this wild, it's pretty unanimous. Like it was kind of a brick. But this one, I don't know. Like, to me, if it, like Alex, you said he had kind of a, a mediocre stat line uh, at best. If he had a good game, are people like, Tatum's one of the top dressers? No, no. I think you got to separate the art from the artist when it comes to, like, <laughs> NBA fits. Because I feel like that, that stuff just never lines up. But this this was, I think, for the finals, the most mm-hmm. divisive fit. Like, I saw a lot of people saying that that was such a, like, great entrance, great introduction to, like, the final stage. And then there was just other people I saw saying, Let, just, just don't try so hard. Just dress how you dress for the final. So, so where do you stand on that, Rob? Like, wh- what do you rate this fit? The fit says, I'm the guy. This is the type of fit that you wear when you're I'm saying, I'm the guy. It's also a very trend-setting fit. It seems like I'm trying to set a trend. Next year, everyone at Easter is going to be patched up. And I don't think that <laughs> happened because... That night, Tatum wasn't the guy. So now, Easter, people are just going to wear regular suits. Yeah, so, you know, I like the patterns on the suit. I think it looked cool, like, on a sneaker or something. I don't, I don't know well, on a that's suit, what I'll though. say about Tatum is that he'll take a very... I mean, he's, you know, Jordan brand, and, like, there's, you know, the differences between the general releases and the player exclusives. He doesn't only rock the exclusives to be like, you know, I'm this famous basketball player, I get the exclusives. Like, he'll rock a mid... He'll rock like a a low that everyone can get that week, but then he'll kind of dress it up a little bit. And I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other person you wanted to mention too, CJ, was uh was Al Horford, right? Yeah. So Al Horford, and I forgot, like he actually did have somewhat of an attempt in, in game one with the the like Burberry shorts with the mm-hmm. with the leg sleeve. Um yeah, he showed up to the arena in the leg sleeve, which which I thought I've was I've never a, seen that and I don't nice hate, I don't hate it. What do you guys think? I feel like it's probably like a practical thing. Like he's like oh. 36. Like he's got to show up all warmed up. And it's stuff. like circulation. That's what I thought. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it's actually a style look. Uh, like I actually think he, he just came dressed for the game. Put that leg sleeve on in front of people. <laughs> he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna style, but hey, only I do this in private." So he put the leg sleeve on and then put the shorts on. Take the shorts off. Put his Celtic shorts on over the <laughs> leg sleeve. That way, you know, the underclothes stay the same. You guys keep talking. I want to look up and see if he was wearing the leg sleeve in the game. Because then it's it's yeah, but, perfect if it was just practical. Well, well, the thing Rob Rob was mentioning earlier is, like, now guys, because we're in this, like, post-dress code era, guys can, like, 
wear what they want. And I think one of the positive things about that is like guys are finding their own lane. And, and the lane that I respect is some of these guys, like Rob was saying earlier, it gets really competitive in the tunnel. I kind of like the guys who just don't care as much, you know? They just show up game ready. Yeah. Um, like some of these older guys sometimes just show up in, in, in like legit the team issue, like warmups. Yep. And they're just ready to go. Giannis, they're like, don't take a fit of me. Lonnie, yeah, Giannis does. Yeah, Giannis does that a lot. Last year wore black Air Force Ones during the playoffs. Like, (laughs) hey, I'm about to put up 50 and be MVP. I don't got to dress for anybody. Okay, no, that's pretty perfect. And so I did look it up. Horford wore uh, that leg sleeve. I don't know if it was the same one, but so at first I was like, oh, what an interesting fashion attempt. But I think he just straight up was like, I don't want to put this on separately in front of my teammates. So yeah. Back to Horford for the lead. Boston up by three. Al Horford in his first NBA final. But then you get like a Jordan, a Jordan Poole who's rocking the uh, vintage Rodman bad as I want to be T. What do you think about, you know, the, the younger guys, they really rock these vintage tees and you can get really specific with older players and whatnot and kind of like make a statement. Do you think there was anything behind picking, you know, Rodman and bad as I want to be as a t-shirt for his entrance in this game? Some of these younger guys are wearing vintage tees. Some of these younger guys are wearing new vintage tees right, 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 that right. they're getting made, you know. Some reprints. Um, yeah, some reprints. I think a lot of people wearing a Rodman tee, I don't even think that it's that unique. I think 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it would have been a statement. It would have been like, oh, this guy, this guy's crazy. He's got a Rodman tee. Now, any <laughs> girl at Hot Topic might have on a Rodman tee. It's, it's not the same. It's cool when Robert Williams III does it because you know that he's he plays like a him. rebound nerd. You yep. know, you he probably had like a, a Dennis Rodman folder when he was a kid or something. <laughs> you know, a trapper keeper with Dennis Rodman's picture in there for sure. Um, diving for a ball horizontally. But I I don't know. Jordan Poole, his game don't really give me bad as I want to be Rodman. But we we never know. Maybe Jordan Poole, like this is just the the Detroit Rodman. And like later in his career, he going to be dyeing his hair and dating, you know, Billie Eilish and David <laughs> Robinson trying to make him go to church and stuff. We don't know. <laughs> No, go if, ahead, if anything, the guy who should be wearing uh, vintage Rodman in the finals is Marcus Smart because yeah. he's already got the green hair. So so he's on his way there. I'm a little disappointed in Marcus Smart. He got the green hair. He should have worn a leprechaun suit by now. <laughs> by now, he should have showed up with the green top hat and the three-piece with the tails. He should have done that. If he would have showed up as lucky, maybe they'd be up right now in the finals. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Well, okay, so another vintage tee. Um, before you make me visualize Marcus Smart in a leprechaun suit <laughs> anymore, uh, was Tatum again. So Tatum, again, he, he had the crazy blazer, but then he went back to the vintage tee and he just rocked that Tiger Woods tee, which, again, I saw it sort of split in the middle where I think you had mentioned, Rob, on Twitter, is this sort of his Kobe play? And explain to us what you meant by the Kobe play here. Okay, so in the 2002 finals, Kobe, uh, which is like probably the biggest year for throwback jerseys or the the first big year for throwback jerseys, every game that playoffs, Kobe wore 
the jersey of a great. So he wore <laughs> a Joe Namath jersey. He wore, um, you know, different different players' jerseys, different games. And then the last game, the clinch, he wore a Bulls jersey, Michael Jordan, and then a, like, 85, shooting like, shooting shirt over it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's that that famous video of Shaq being like, "You need to take that jersey off and put your jersey on," which is which is a sweet thing to say, you know. Yep. Um, but I I think that Tatum was trying to honor the greats. I think Tiger Woods just became a billionaire this week, and maybe maybe that was it. You know, looking to be a billionaire, and and he got all the flack for cosplaying Kobe, warming up for the Celtics a couple games back. So I think he was like, let me lay off the Kobe thing. And, you know, I am Tiger Woods. Wow. He's like, yeah, I like other players. I know other players than Kobe. Well, or or maybe he's like, I think Kobe's the greatest. I'm not going to wear another basketball player that is not the greatest in my eyes. So I'm going to wear the greatest than something else. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, Tatum gets a little bit of flack for being like Kobe. I personally, and I, you know, I, I'm not a big I'm not a Celtics fan, period. And I'm a late we're I'm a Lakers fan, well documented, and I want Tatum to be on the Lakers, but I don't think it's that weird that he's like, "Oh, here's me wearing the the wristband uh with, you know, 24 on there or my profile pictures like Kobe like." And again, like if I was to talk, I'd be a hypocrite cuz I literally try to dress like my favorite athletes and movie characters. So, I, I just don't think it's weird to want to you know, sort of emulate your heroes, especially if it's going to put you in the mindset of potentially, you know, getting the ultimate prize, which is the finals. So I, how do you guys feel about sort of that criticism that Tatum gets about sort of as, as you know, not I don't want to say idol worship. I think that's like harsh, but it's just sort of like wanting to be and recreate those moments. I I, I feel like the Kobe thing is different just because they had a relationship and people put that on them. But he's been wearing tees, like vintage tees, somebody like Do Not Disturb, the entire playoffs, the entire season. He's been wearing tees like that. So I, I think he's just doing what he normally does, just under the microscope. It, you know, they they created the narrative behind it. Yeah, and I think there's just a huge generation of players now, like in that Tatum class. I'm thinking Devin Booker as well. Like, like a lot of these guys, like they, they grew up admiring Kobe the way that we probably watched the 90s and grew up admiring guys like Shaq and Michael. The, the only weird one was who who took that screenshot of the text that he sent Kobe before Game 7? I of, think of the Eastern he Conference did. Finals and that <laughs> I think he posted that, Kobe that, 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 was, that, that was a lot for me. Yeah. That was a lot for me. Yeah, that, that, that is kind of how the narrative sparked. I do wonder when he put on the Tiger Woods shirt, did he slide in the room like Chris Rockin' down to earth and say, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. <laughs> Great. I, you know, it only took, what, four or five episodes for us to get a down-to-earth reference. And, and shout out to Rob Hayes. That's how deep Rob's references get. And, and Alex, when you come out to L.A., you got to hang out with us because, again, Rob, yeah. I thought... I mean, I thought I was like an expert in basketball and pop culture, but you get with Rob and ha- I would say 50% of our conversations is like, what are you talking about, Rob? And then over mind, <laughs> down to earth or head of state, midway through head of state. No, Rob, Rob, Rob. Rob's, Rob's just a treasure, treasure trove of knowledge, man. Yeah. 
Hey man, I'm, a, I'm a sponge. I, I take it all in. Well, and to, so I want to get away from fashion real quick because uh, this other big story, a couple other big stories that were happening during the finals outside of the gameplay. Because um, this one kind of hits close to home, the Draymond podcast stuff. And we don't got to get too deep into this, but I just want to know, what are your guys' thoughts on Draymond just, you know, dedicating himself to the mic Post game, like every single game, he's he's been doing it. What do you guys think? My one rule for Draymond's podcast, and I think he's been keeping in line with this, is that his pod cannot be longer than the number of minutes he plays on the court. And <laughs> I think he's been keeping his pod around twenty to twenty-five minutes, and he's been seeing about thirty-plus minutes on the court. But honestly, like I, I, I don't know. It's just I think there's just too many off days during the finals that people needed a storyline. And, and and the Draymond podcast was a very easy storyline. I got no... These guys, after they play games, even in the finals, like, they've got their own lives, like Draymond says on his podcast. Like, he's just chilling in his hotel on the road. You know, might as well fire up the ring light, you know, plug in the mic and just talk <laughs> about the game for 20 minutes. You go to six finals, you're a personality, you've been there before, you're like... How many times am I going to have all eyes on me? How many times am I going to be able to propel myself after my career to be in broadcasting? So I I understand fully why Draymond is doing it, but it's also unprecedented. Yeah. And I don't agree with everything Draymond says. You know, some of the stuff about about the former players, their fines were two dollars and and comparing errors and some of that stuff. I I don't like that. You know, I'm a champion for for 60s and 70s basketball. But at the same time, I I think that I I get what's going on. And if Draymond wins the championship while doing this podcast, I think it will set a precedent and the the scrutiny won't be, you know, as harsh for the next person who has a personality and wants to share it during the finals. That's a great it's a great point. It's that some of the shock comes from no one's ever done this before. And like we mm-hmm. were just talking about the dress codes and it, it takes players and people to do things a little bit differently and go and, and we're like, what why are they doing that? And then you kind of settle into it. And it, you know, to me, some, this podcasting is no different than some player availability after a game or media, but you know, he's just the one plugging in the equipment. So uh, it's like, it's not too crazy to me. And I'm, I'm really interested in where this goes. And if some other players, you know, who, who don't want some of their, their takes and thoughts, like, you know, uh, misconstrued, it's like, I'm just, I'm going to get my message out there. Um, And the thing is he's, he's doing it after he loses games too. It's like, he knows the risks involved to his own persona and, and image. And I don't know, you know, just as a fellow podcaster, I stand with with uh, our brother Draymond Green. I think keep doing it. And, I, you know, at one point we thought the Celtics were going to win this series. And and now they're facing sort of, um, you know, losing it all here uh, tonight. So maybe Draymond was right all along. Yeah. And the other thing, too, when people were outraged, I was like, you guys remember this? Remember when Dennis Rodman skipped practice during like 98 finals and then showed up on Monday Night Nitro yeah. as, as part of NWO? Because yes, I was and, watching and now Monday Night Nitro like, <laughs> Dennis is not coming. That's dumb. And then like, well, what do I know? I'm 10. You know, and then seeing yeah. Dennis Rodman like, like running in the room, dad, dad, Dennis Rodman is on there. And he's like, yo, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole Vegas That's why I can't thing? participate yeah. in any outrage about a podcast. Exactly. Like it's 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 there's different levels to this. Thing. 
Um, all right, well, let's go to break. We got a couple more stories we want to talk about before we wrap it up, but uh, we'll be back with Robin. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back with comedian Rob Hayes. Rob, a lot of things have been happening outside of the games. We, we've, You and I have been doing some finals post-game shows together and covering some of this stuff. One thing we haven't really talked about yet is, have you seen this fake clay stuff? Yes. I've I seen it. Um, we saw the tweet of the guy saying he was clay and the girl being fooled. Um, like, like, my sister sent me this pic. I don't think it's clay. What should I do? Should I tell her? <laughs> but then we saw the videos of him warming up and everything. He said he spent $10,000 on tickets and, you know, was, wasn't able to watch the game. I didn't like the energy of people in the comments who were all like, you paid for a service. You deserve the service. No, you stepped on the court. You touched the ball. You out here warming <laughs> up. You know, it's not like he came in the tunnel. He came, he... <laughs> his ticket <laughs> and then walked down and got on the court. That's wild. But I, I, I think, you know, if you get kicked out, you get kicked out. You broke the rules. Yeah, that's what I really enjoyed is he not enjoyed, but I, he's had a lot of class in the response. Like he got banned and he's like, of course I should get banned. Like he, he did it as a stunt and he's getting all the, you know, attention because of that. But he's like 
more than willing to accept the the consequences that have come to it. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my 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 favorite thing, actually, two favorite things. Number one, like, what does what does Clay Thompson show up in when he comes <laughs> to like practice or games for them to actually right? think that that's actually that could be Clay Thompson? Like we were talking about guys showing up in warmups. No, like we were talking about guys, you know, potentially just showing up in their warmups, like Giannis. Like that's that's what fake fake Clay did. The second one is like Chase Center, uh, the arena, and the Warriors obviously issued him this letter, letting him know that he's he's been banned for life. And my favorite thing in that letter was uh, they also banned him from like the G League team and every single affiliate of the Warriors. They're like, you're also banned from the Santa Cruz Warriors. That's what he's most heartbroken about. You're also banned from all these other teams. Yeah. So, but it's interesting, CJ, like you mentioned, he he seemed really at peace with it. Like he just accepted it because he knew this was the consequence. But I guess this is just how he wanted to go out. Like, like this is what he wanted to and do. And as an NBA act. fan, what do we all dream of? Being able to get on the court and shoot a couple shots. And like, that's why he, you know, that's, he got to do that. He says it so many times in his video. Like, I got to be an NBA player for 10 minutes. Am I upset? No, blah, blah. Like, and, and the thing is, yeah, he's taken the ban, um, you know, pretty well. And the, and I, I Alex, the, the part where you, you had said, like, what does Clay show up in? That's the thing is like, I feel like, you couldn't have done it with any other player, even if you look like, you know, Steph Curry or, or you know, Draymond Green. It's the fact that Clay, who knows what he shows up in. Rob, you said Bone Thugs. Like, he may have worn a Bone Thugs jersey or a shirt one time. He may have shown up in his game uniform one time. He may have worn a full tuxedo. No one knows how Clay is probably showing up to the arena that made this possible. If Clay wears the leprechaun suit, that's disrespectful. <laughs> It doesn't matter what time of the year it is, the bay, you know, it can be cold, but when it's one of those days where it's in the low 60s and the sun is shining, you, I, I make it a point to jump in the ocean. I just think the ocean has healing properties that a pool might not have or a cold tub and just to be immersed in nature like that, it just, it really makes me happy and just your whole body feels so great when you get out of that cold water and it just feel like... Honestly, you just feel a little closer to God when you look up at the beautiful skies and you just in the ocean, like it's a, I'm an Aquarius. So I just have always loved the water my whole life. And it really is my happy place besides the hardwood. Shout out to Clay for being a good sport about it. We haven't really heard anything about him. I mean, yeah, I I think he's being, you know, he dealt with the the consequences again. And um, I I just don't want to see any copycats doing this. So, um, but yeah. Do you think fake Clay and fake Michael Jordan play a game against each other? And who do you got? Because Clay, the fake Clay made the shot when we saw him. He made a up. bunch. He did make some threes. And I was, I was, I was impressed. Yeah, you know what? That 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 video edit was really <laughs> slick because it made him made it look like he just got on the court and drained like three threes. I was really impressed by and that. And I don't know who Pilo is, but Pilo got exposed in that video for falling for it. Does anyone know who Pilo is? No. Yeah, that's right. He was walking to the tunnel. I think it's some ar- um, an artist. I think he yeah. might be a local music artist. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he, he spotted fake clay and he wanted a photo with fake clay. At the end of the day, you know, he just really looks like clay. Like, he really looks like clay. And that's how it happened. Like, he looks like clay, but he don't look fit. He looks like Clay. Well, that's why he the baggy, like, the baggy clothes. Like, like, like a Thompson. He don't look like Clay. <laughs> like he looks like, yeah, they could be related, but <laughs> he's not the one that's on the on the team. 
Well, Clay does have a brother, and they do look alike. So, again, I'm not trying to inspire the guy or give him any other ideas. Um, all right, let's talk about Steph in these finals, which is, you know, we've been talking finals MVP before the finals even started. But we've been seeing, you know, Steph has some games where he struggled a little bit. And one thing that we sort of noticed is his shoes. So, one, he's wearing the Curry 4s, which isn't his latest shoe. And he's also switching up colorways. Do we know what's going on here? You're 3-0 with those purple shoes. Uh, is there anything to that? Are you going to bring it back out again at some point? I did not even know that. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that messes with the juju on there, if I'm aware of the record. So now uh, I got a lot of different colors, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> God, you know yeah, I got me thinking now, too. <laughs> you know, you playing against Boston. You got to summon the power of the Lakers. And he's like, let me put on some purple shoes in honor for Jerry West and, and you know, Kareem and, and Magic. And he, he needs some of that. Some of that Lakers spirit is in his toes. And that, that's really what it is, is he put on the purple to rep the purple and gold. Rep the state of California. The entire Golden State includes the Los Angeles Lakers. The fabulous form. Well, and, and just to talk about PJ Tucker, I always try to find a way to talk about PJ Tucker, but people always talk about how he was nuts, how much he changed his shoes. Now we got Steph Curry, the the face of the league, pretty much, and he's switching shoes. So it's not that crazy, folks. Yeah, and he, and he talked openly about it. He was, he switched into the, his purple shoes at halftime. Like he struggles in the first half and switches into it. This is why I always say, like, I know PJ is the most extreme with this. But guys, guys just gotta stick with a uh, one pair of sneakers for a series. Then you don't. Then you don't gotta deal with the yep. superstitions. I'm the petty king. The more you're on the stage, the more you realize the attention that's on you. There's, just, there's a lot of stake when it comes to winning championships. And the more that you get into these environments, the more you use it as entertainment and fun and uh, embrace it. And you're playing for something that really matters to a lot of people. Rob, thank you so much for joining us, man. Do you want to plug anything? Are you doing it any any more uh, VR shows? Uh, if if it goes to Game Seven, I will be there for for Game Seven on a Bleacher Report app. Sherman Showcase comes out in the fall, so look out for that. And, and I your stand up show new, just started a new podcast called the Inconsistent Podcast. If you haven't gotten enough of my voice. And uh, yeah, I got a stand-up show at the Elysian Theater June 21st. If you're in Los Angeles, come out to that. Beautiful. Well, I've been CJ. This is Alex. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Running the Break with us. Thank you to our producers, Peter, Grace, and Kurt, for all their help behind the scenes. Everyone, please subscribe to the pod. Rate and review. It goes a long way. Tell your friends. We're talking about stuff that other NBA podcasts aren't talking about. A big thanks for listening, and we'll talk to everyone soon again. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.